0: Open to Psalm 15, would you please? Psalm 15. I call this the the character psalm. Okay. So I'm going to talk about if you want a title, Christian character equals integrity. Psalm 15, and I'm just going to start there. I just I was going to just exegete the passage, but the Lord led me in a different direction. So Psalm 15 says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart, speaketh the truth in heart. That's character. When in your heart you are honest, totally honest. Okay? He that back abideth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, he, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. Here it is. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Again, that's character. You say you're going to do something. Turns out it's inconvenient. You're going to do it anyway. Okay. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. So honesty in finances. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this precious psalm. I pray you'd use me as I preach, touch the hearts of the students, to have good character before you, to have integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. So, here's my definition. Character is the Holy Spirit working in a life for that person to be honest, temperate, diligent, and conscientious. All right? Another word for it is integrity. So many years ago, you know, I was in a college, Bible college, and they, and they kept talking about character, 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 and I thought, that. Is that even in the Bible, character? Is that in the Bible? Years after that, I was, uh, we were actually on furlough from Japan. And I was in a friend's church, and he preached and said that in the Bible, the word character is integrity. And really, when you think about it, that's, they're, the, they're the same thing. If you have integrity, you have character. If you have character, you have integrity. Um, let me just look at just a few. There are many verses especially in the Old Testament with the word integrity. Let me just look at a few of them here. Um, the Hebrew word is tom. occurs 19 times. means integrity. But there's another Hebrew word also. First uh, Kings 9.4 And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart. David had integrity and an uprightness to do according all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Okay. Um, Psalm 25.21 Let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee. Do you have integrity? You're waiting on God. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Psalm 26, 1. Psalm 42, 1, 12. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. Proverbs 27. The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. Proverbs 28, 6. Blessed is the poor and walketh in his uprightness. Then he that is perverse in his way as though he be rich. In that case, uprightness is the same Hebrew word. Interestingly enough, Job uses a different word, translated in our King James Version, as integrity. Uh, it's the Hebrew word tuma. okay? Job uh, 22 and verse 3, And the Lord said to Satan, he holds his fast his integrity. Doesn't matter what you do to him, Job has integrity. Uh, in verse uh, Chapter 2, verse 9, And his wife said to him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. What a terrible statement. But he maintained his integrity, and he never did what his wife said. Um, Job uh, 27.5, God forbid that I should justify you till I die. I will not remove mine integrity from me. I'm going to have integrity until I die. Let me be weighted and even balanced God, that God may know mine integrity. Uh, 31.6 And then the same word in Proverbs, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. And we have the word in the New Testament. We don't have the word integrity in our translation uh, per se, um, but we have in Titus 2.7 a Greek word. It's a habax legomenon. It only occurs here. And uh, uh, the um, lexicons call it integrity. It's the word in in Titus 2 7, uh, without corruption, that word corruption, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness. That's integrity, gravity, sincerity. But, um, you know, I, I like to watch musicians. Do you know, how many of you like to watch musicians? That's just about everyone, right? And they all play things a little different. My friend Bill Church with his instrument, it's like, that's all he does, right? Okay. A trumpet player might go like this a little bit, right? Okay. How many trumpet players? Several? Okay. But a violin player, watch violin play. We got lots of them here, right? Sometimes I'll just watch the platform, watch the violin players, but especially when they're doing a special number, okay? I mean, they're all over the place, right? One violin player, I won't say who, is an up and down violin player. Okay? But my point is If you're a beginner in violin, you make mistakes and everyone knows it, right? How many violin teachers do we have here? Oh, oh, just a couple. Okay. All you other violin players, you will be. (laughs) Um, I'm glad I'm not a violin teacher because the sound of a beginning violin, (laughs) (laughs) you hear all the mistakes, right? Now, when the orchestra is playing, unless you're a violin player or the conductor, you don't hear the mistakes, right? They're in there somewhere, right? So my point is a mature violin player has very few mistakes, and if if they do, they're small ones. Same thing with a mature Christian and their integrity, their character. The more mature a Christian gets, the more they keep their word, the more they get there on time, the more they do what they're told to. OK, so let's think about that. Here's here's my definition of character. Good character of good character. Good character does the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. If you do all of these things, you have good Christian character. So let's consider them one by one. Number one, doing the right thing. Proverbs four twenty five and 26. Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. I love this passage. This is just a wonderful. I learned it when I was your age and uh, never got away from it. Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee, ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. And verse 27, turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. That's character. That's good character. That's doing the right thing. And that's partly why you're here, to learn to do the right thing, right? BCM, one of our purposes as professors, as administration, is we want you to do the right things. We want you to live right. We want you to do the right actions, okay? So be faithful in the small things. That's character two. Class assignments. If the professor gives you an assignment and you don't do it, what is that called? Anyone? What am I trying to say here? Okay, I give you an assignment in my class on Proverbs. I don't teach Proverbs. I'd love to. But anyway, I give you an assignment, and the next day only half of you have it done. The half that didn't do it, they are being, what was that? Okay. The word I'm looking for is disobedient. Did anyone say that? Because, okay, yeah, all right, good. I I heard a lot of different words there. Character is doing the right thing. Doing what you're told when there is an authority above you. That's good Christian character. Luke 16, 10 through 12. Luke 16, 10 through 12. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore have you not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? So if you're not faithful in the little things, that's a sign of poor character. Mm. The Greek assignment, right? The music assignment, whatever class you're taking. And you think, well, that's just a little, I can skip that. I've got that part down. I don't need to do that homework assignment. I've got that down. It's okay. That's a little thing, isn't it? But Jesus said, be faithful in the little things. Then people give you bigger things to do. That was one great thing about our our beloved Ben. He was faithful in the little. I had him in class. I had him in various classes. He did his assignments. He did the little things. So God gave him a greater task, die in an accident for the cause of Christ. That was huge. Gave out a tract Uh, Monday. My wife and I went out to uh, eat uh, and a very nice restaurant. Won't tell you where, so you don't get jealous. Um, probably anyone here would love to go to that restaurant. And then there was a Barnes and Noble bookstore nearby, and we went there, and and uh, I bought one book and I bought some baseball cards. Okay, and I got two cards of Otani, the awesome modern Babe Ruth, the Japanese player. I just I was thrilled. Okay, but the young man there, I gave him that track of, of Ben. And, and he was so open, and, and oh, that's so sad when I told him what it was about. He, he, you know, he wasn't from here, so he didn't know about it. Oh, that's so very respectful, very open. Giving that one tract, that's a little thing. But you know what? That could change a life. What, I have no idea what God could do with that one tract. There, there are cases in history where one tract has traveled from place to place, and churches have been planted from one tract. Just a little thing. Be faithful in little things. As a college student, so do your assignments. Do them honestly. Do your devotions. My dad read through the Bible every year for 65 years. 65 times. I have his Bible. Read through the Bible 65 times every day, faithful in those personal devotions. Every day, faithful in our family devotions. We almost never missed family devotions. And, and we, were lo- we learned to do personal devotions. I, uh, I was just a little guy. Everyone else had to read. The other kids in the family had to read the whole New Testament. If they did that, they'd get a new Bible, okay? Brand new Bible. I just had to read the book of John. And boy, I struggled through it, but I made it. I got through it, okay? And I got a new Bible. You know what? I still have that Bible. It was a children's zipper Bible. Remember those? Do they still sell those? I don't know. Zipper Bible, zip it up and unzip it. That was cool, you know. And I still have it. The cover is really, it, it wasn't leather, but it's, it was, it's really brittle. I have to be really careful with it. It'll, it'll break just like that. Um, still have that Bible. So my dad taught us to have our personal devotions. That is, that is, well, that's just little. No, it's huge, actually. You may think it's a little thing, but it keeps you on track. I just, a couple of days ago, uh, heard about a missionary that I knew uh, and he's now, he's now working at Best Buy. He was a missionary to Japan, now he's working at Best Buy. I didn't know that. We've been praying for him as a missionary to Japan for many years. And uh, we took his prayer card out of our stack. I don't know what happened. Maybe he's back in America starting a church somewhere and has to work a part-time job. So I'm not his I'm not judge. I don't know what happened. But, but I have known so many missionaries who quit. If you quit now on your assignments, you'll quit when you get to the mission field. You do your little things now that prepares you for the big things in your future. There was a boy at Fort Bluff Youth Camp when I was when I was your age. I was working at the youth camp over the summer, and and we had a service, and a boy came forward. He couldn't get assurance of salvation, you know, and he. Uh, He had been to Christian psychologists, he had been counseled by pastors, he had been counseled by other believers, and he couldn't get that assurance of salvation. So they assigned him to me. John, this boy. So after the service, we knelt together with our Bibles open for about an hour. Man, I went through all the assurance verses, and none of them worked. So we got to the end. Are you, you sure you're going to heaven now? I don't know. So just an afterthought. The Holy Spirit put it on my heart, I know. Just an afterthought. Long hair, long shaggy hair, casual clothes, not dressed nicely, you know, just a laid-back type of guy. And the Lord put it in my heart. Well, do you read your Bible every day? Uh-uh. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. you got to read your Bible every day, brother. Oh, yeah, you going to try that? Oh, okay, I'll try it. That was in the summer. He came back late later in the fall to a special youth retreat. And he walked up to me and, and said, hello. And I turned around and look. Here's this sharp-looking young guy, haircut, nice clothes on. And he said, do you remember me? I said, no. <laughs> he said, I'm Sam or whatever his name was. Oh, sorry, Sam. Words. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's call him William, okay? And... and <laughs> Are you having your devotions? Now, I'm reading the Bible every day. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Yes, I would. Praise the Lord. Little thing? No, it's huge. What you think are little things, that prepares you for the big things. Secondly, doing the right thing at the right time. Ephesians 5.16 and Colossians 4, five, both say the same thing. Does anyone know it? Can you tell it to me? What? No? Boy, I learned this in in vacation Bible school when I was a little boy. Redeeming the time. Now, can you say it? Redeeming the time because? What does that mean, redeeming the time? Literally, buy it back. Okay? So if you're losing time due to some useless activity, buy it back. Get it back. Redeeming the time. Yeah, I think you've figured out by now, my current Greek students and you previous Greek students, Greek 101, Greek 102, it takes time to learn Greek. Am I right? Yes. What's the Greek word for amen? Amen. Okay. It takes time. Redeeming the time. Doing the right thing at the right time. That's character. A.T. Robertson said, We all have the same time. Paul goes into the open market and buys it, time, up by using it rightly. Every single person here has 24 hours in your day. Okay. Redeeming the time. Some of us waste time. I'll admit I waste time sometimes, okay? But Paul says redeeming the time. Said it twice, two different places. I guess he thought both the Ephesians and the Colossians need to learn this character trait. Using your time wisely. As a college student, what does that mean? Being there and being on time. Not waste, I just listed some things here that came to my head from my own college career, okay? Not wasting your time or or that of others. I'm trying to disciple a guy, and, and he's, he's doing well in a lot of ways, but then uh, the last time I met with him, uh, the last 15 minutes of my time, I mean, we, I finished, and I thought, okay, we can pray and, and be done, and then he talked about the Packers for 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have to work on that. Anyway, answering your authorities right away. You get an email from a professor, it's, I believe it's in the handbook, student handbook, answer it that same day, if you can, unless it's late at night, right? If you, if you get, um, if a professor in the hall says to you or, or someone else in authority uh, says to you in the hall, oh, good morning or whatever, you answer back. That's character. Um, greatness equals diligence. Monroe Parker, we're about to have Monroe Parker Day. I had the awesome privilege of knowing Dr. Parker. Okay, Did you ever hear, his nickname was Monk. Has anyone ever heard why his nickname was Monk? Okay, because when he was a college student, he was going like this <laughs> one day. So then everyone started calling him Monkey, and then they shortened it to Monk. Because it's Monroe is his name, Monk, it just kind of fit him. People who knew him well called him Monk I, Parker. I knew him well, I never called him that. <laughs> I had too much respect for him. He was the director of Baptist World Mission when I was with the board. And I uh, just had tremendous respect for him. But. Um, Uh, Monroe Parker always answered his mail. I still have a bunch of his letters in my files, and he always signed it Your friend Monroe Parker. I just feel so privileged to have that to have known the man, but he always answered his mail and He had to do it at a typewriter How many have actually used a real typewriter anyone oh really wow I'm amazed I thought it was all computers with this crowd Okay (laughs) So, don't be an Ephraimite, okay? Psalm 78, 9, they turned back in the day of battle. Being armed, they had their weapons, they had their bows and arrows. They turned back in the day of battle. They refused to do the right thing. Every single one of you is is equipped with spiritual weapons, of course, there's the Bible, the sword of the Spirit, but beyond that, within your own character, you have spiritual weapons that you can fight Satan with, okay? And the fullness of the Holy Spirit, of course, is the most important one. Um, I haven't talked lately about my wrestling career. It was not stellar. I wrestled for four years, ninth grade through twelfth grade, and, and uh, I, I never wrestled a single varsity match. Okay, so my senior year, I was getting discouraged. I wrestled junior varsity and I had the wonderful record of two wins, five losses, and one tie. Okay? And one of those wins was the other guy didn't show up. So So my senior year, I walked into Coach Bruce Earhart. He was just a little guy, he was a state champion at 105. um, pounds when he, was a, when he was in high school, and he was still the same size. <laughs> so a little guy. And, uh, but I walked up in, into Coach Earhart's uh, office, and I said, Coach, I'm quitting wrestling. And he looked me in the eye and said, Himes, if you quit now, you'll quit the rest of your life. Now, he was a lost man, but God used him in my life to say, don't be a quitter. If, you, if God has called you to BCM and you quit, that's that's bad character. Oh, but it's so hard. Oh, I have to take Greek. Oh no, I have to. Oh, and I have to take Mr. Bosler and Dr. Paul in second year Greek. Oh man, I can't do that. Don't be a quitter. Okay. Stick it out. It'll get better. For now. Then when you get out. <laughs> <laughs> then when you get out in the ministry, guess what? It doesn't get easier. But God is with you here. The Holy Spirit lives within you here. And God will be with you when you graduate and get out. So do the right thing at the right time. Do the right thing in the right way. It's Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. 29. Proverbs 22, 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Mean meaning lower people of no consequence if you are diligent in college that carries on into your ministry or your life after college if if God doesn't have you in the ministry per se I mean you're still in ministry wherever you are even if you're not a preacher or whatever Um, but if you are diligent now you will be diligent then at BCM this means depending on the Lord letting the Holy Spirit shape your character so how do I get good character just follow the Lord let the Holy Spirit shape you It'll happen gradually. Okay? Pastor Van Geldern said one time in one of his sermons, and I thought, that's good. I wrote it down. Bad character is just giving in to the flesh. So what's good character? Walking in the Spirit. And Holy Spirit develops that good character in you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, say it, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance, meaning self-control. Self-control is a very important character trait. Self-control. That means doing your homework assignment when you want to go to the cafe. Ooh, (laughs) but if I just get a cup of coffee, I'll be able to do it better. Please do not walk in Dr. Paul's footsteps. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> sometimes, and, and me too, sometimes I just got to have that cup of coffee just to get going. But I, yeah, I understand that. But don't stay in the cafe, right? Then someone else is going to come in. You'll get the talking and, you know, and so forth. And, and uh-oh, before you know it, oh no. I didn't get it done, all right? So doing the right thing in the right way. As a college student, this means diligence, the opposite of being lazy. So knowing, not just reading the syllabus. I wish I had a dollar for every time a student has come to me and asked me something that was in the syllabus. (laughs) What was that, Dr. Paul? All right. Okay, look in the syllabus on page one, and oh, all right, it's in there. What we want you to know for the class is in there. Now, if there's something not in there, you come and ask us, fine. Okay, but look at your syllabus first. Um, That's diligence. Doing your assignments honestly without plagiarism, without getting someone else to do them. No no BCM student would ever do that, would they? Ooh, it got kind of quiet. I hope not. Uh, I knew a missionary to Japan. My wife went to Bible college with him. His wife did not go to Bible college, but she did his papers. And guess what? He never got comprehensible, if I can say that, in Japanese. He (coughs) went to this language school for a little while, didn't like that one, transferred to another one, didn't like that one moved up to Hokkaido without getting the language down. I had him come preach for me one time when we were in Yokohama and he came and preached for me and I I didn't understand what he was saying. His grammar was mixed up. He was using the wrong vocabulary. He was not diligent in college to do his own research papers. Therefore, when he got out into life, it didn't work for him. He had trouble. How many of you think God might be calling you to be a missionary or you want to be a missionary or something along that line? Anyone? Okay, a lot of you. Look at that. Raise your hands again. Everyone look around. Look, look at this, okay? All right. Most of you who raise your hand should learn a foreign language when you get to the mission field, okay? If you go to Africa, the lingua franca might be English. It might be French, but you should still learn the language of the tribe that you're working with. To me, that's extremely important. That shows that you love them. If you don't learn that language, that, they, that oh, he's still speaking English. OK. Well, I got saved, but he must not care very much about us because he doesn't speak my language. There is no Bible in my language, and no one's translating into my language. Oh, my. OK. There is an area in Papua New Guinea with churches and thousands of Christians with no Bible. Someone needs to go there and give them a Bible and be diligent. You know what? A lot of Bible translators quit, too. Oh, this is just too hard. It takes a lot of years to produce a Bible translation, Okay, So I didn't do it every day, but it took me 20 years just to get the New Testament done in Japanese. Wow. You can quit any time. Anyone can quit. Not anyone can be diligent. Many people are not diligent. Finally, doing the right thing for the right reason, Colossians 118. Colossians 118. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. What's the right reason? It's Jesus Christ and his preeminence, his glory. My grandfather uh, ran into a, a farmer who was not saved. And he had, I think it was about six sons. And the farmer had great character, but was not a Christian. This was, this was true in past, the past United States a lot more than it is now. a lot You meet people all the time that don't have good character. You, my wife worked at Village at the Falls for a while, and, and those young people that worked there swore all the time. They would get off in a corner and be on their phone all the time when they're supposed to be working. They were cheating the employer is what they were doing. They weren't being diligent. Okay? But this farmer was diligent, but he was not saved. But all six of his sons got saved. Why? Because they have been taught to be diligent. But why we do it for the glory of God. Lost people can do it to make money. They can do it to become famous. They can do it for a variety of reasons. They can be diligent. But we as Christians are to do it for the glory of God. First Corinthians ten thirty one. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's pretty mundane. You eat or drink. how do you eat to the glory of God? Okay, here's how you don't eat to the glory of God. People are going to look at you and say, whoa, that, that's what Christians do? <laughs> that's not eating for the glory of God, okay? Eating for the glory of God, that's when you, when you go into a shop and, you, and you, you love the person that's serving you. You show some Christian love. You don't, hey, man, I, this isn't what I ordered. What are you, what's this doing here? okay that's That's not good character, okay uh I guess I should give a tract to this guy, but I just don't feel like it you walk out um, coffee shop in the area, I gave a tract to uh the young lady who served me and and uh, after about fifteen minutes, so I suspect there is some discussion going back behind the scenes. The young lady who I think was the manager at that time came up to me and said uh Please don't give this anymore in our shop. It was, it was our tract of, about Ben that, that uh, Josiah wrote. Uh, please don't give this out anymore in our shop. It talks about hell. And she said, but I'm an evangelical Christian. I believe in hell. But please don't pass out anymore. Character. Y- you know, that, that kind of hurt. I thought, She's in a, she believes in hell, but she doesn't want me to. I mean, what's that about? That kind of hurt. And, and I may have let it influence me a little bit, but no, no, good character says it doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to witness for Christ. I'm going to give that tract out. I'm going to love those people. <clears throat> so we do the right thing for the glory of God. We are to do right for Jesus Christ, for the purpose of His glory. And serving Christ, that means following your call. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. Romans 11:29 If God calls you to do something, you've got to do it. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now it can be argued that well this is this is about um being called to be a Christian, maybe you can argue that I'm not going to go into that, but the gifts those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit obviously if you're gifted to the church as an evangelist, you have to be an evangelist if you're gifted to the church as a missionary or a teacher or, or a pastor whatever, you've got to do that if God has called you, you have to do it if you don't, that's bad character and I've known so many to, to quit the mission field I, I did the statistics one time from when we were on deputation. And the, those who were who on deputation to go to Japan, uh, one couple quit. He thought, I'm too old to learn that language. One single man got in terrible debt and had to quit. Okay, He became a teacher. He did pay back the debt, never went to Japan. Uh, one couple went to Japan and quit after one term. We were devastated. We got the letter from America. They were going to move and start a church not far from us. We got the letter from America. We're not going back to Japan. We felt like a friend, a dear friend, had died. That was so discouraging. They quit. They just quit. Well, what are they doing now? Well. Uh, on the next on a furlough or two after that we went and we were in Texas and he we saw him he was an assistant pastor doing fine there. The next furlough we met his daughter someplace in Michigan and and she said, "Dad and mom, don't even go to church anymore. Once you quit one thing God has called you to do you 're going to quit more and you 'll end up being out of church that 's what happens don't quit, never ever quit. If God called you, if God led you." You do it until God moves you. Well, what are you doing back here, Brother Himes? said, God moved me. <laughs> 33 years in Japan. I, was, I told, when we went to Japan, I told Pastor Kudotaki. Uh, uh, Dr. Paul knows Doc, Pastor Kudotaki, and Pastor Kudotaki said, uh, uh, are you going to be buried in Japan? And I said, yes, I'm going to die here. I'm going to work here till I die. And one day they, there was, now you cannot, it's very hard to inter in Japan, it's uh, everyone, uh, most Japanese will uh, will cremate, it's, but there are places you can be interred, and Pastor Kudotaki one day said to me, uh, uh, Haim Sensei Sentei means pastor or, ha- or teacher, and said, Haim Sensei, you can, you can be buried in my grave. <laughs> but God moved us, it was God, it wasn't me. And, uh, I won't take time to tell the whole story, but my oh my, it became so clear. And we came here, and, and I would—I'm going to die here now. I'm saying, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, if uh, some of you may have been in the class last year, when when I said, well, the doctor said uh, I got a 25% chance of a heart attack, and we were we were out in the woods up there, in the picnic tables, and so the doctor said I got a 25% chance of heart attack. I would just been to the doctor and. I said, so if I keel over here, just drag me up to the HC and call the, you know, nine one one. And you guys got very serious. And someone said, we've got pe- people here that know, n- know uh, how to do uh, CPR. And I guess my joke didn't go over very well. <laughs> it was a joke, uh, but I'm I'm here till I die. As far as I know, unless God himself reaches down and plucks me up and puts me somewhere else, and I really don't see that happening. I don't want it to happen. Very happy here teaching you guys. Uh, I love you, but I want you to have good character to serve God with good character to never quit. Oh, I have here the I have here the statistics. Okay, there were 13 of us in in a few years on deputation to Japan. Uh, The single guy got in debt and had to quit a couple figured they were too old to learn Japanese and quit another one Spent one term of three years on the field and quit one couple had trouble learning the language, but stayed for a while another couple was faithful and still there five of 13 were quitters 38 percent quit Don't be that person I'll close with this. I was on deputation with the missionary to uh, I think it was Peru somewhere in South America Peru and, man, he was a go-getter. He, was, he had an exciting personality, and I'm trudging along, hoping for more support. And I got to talking to him, and he said to me, you know, he said, uh, uh, I don't know if we'll stay in Peru, you know, where we're going. It's, it's not very healthy. You know, I got kids, and I don't know if they, you know, they'd survive there. And, boy, if my kids got sick, what would I do? And, and so, uh, yeah, we're going to the field, but I don't know. He got his support in nine months. Oh, I said to him, I also said to him, so do you ever go soul winning for the church? Did you go to him? Nah, I don't do that. He went to, he, he, he went, he got his support in nine months, went to the mission field, and quit after one term. Took me three and a half years to get get our support. I was jealous. I really, I have to admit it, I was jealous of the guy. Nine months? What's that about? Oh, come on, Lord, remember me. Give me the support next time, not him. Uh, I had a cousin, Bob Himes, with the Bill Rice Ranch. He's still still a missionary to the deaf with the Bill Rice Ranch. He was in the Philippines, can't get back there right now. Uh, his wife has cancer. Just a wonderful missionary for God. And um, uh, Bob um, had got, a pastor got Bob and me confused one time. And he said to me, Brother Himes, John Rice's grandson, right? <laughs> You, we're going to support you, he said from the pulpit. And Bob got my support. Because <laughs> we were both named Himes. Bob's about a second or third cousin of mine. But I was happy for him. I was happy he got it. And still am. He's a wonderful missionary. Yeah. But my point is character will carry you through as produced in your life by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> to do what? to do the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason, or we should say for the right person.